This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek, and I am from Ocala, Florida. And I am Emily Thompson from Wellington, Florida, and you're listening to a special jumping edition of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for September 5th, my birthday, episode 1774, brought to you today by Essequestrian. Good morning, Horse World! Oh my God, it's Tuesday. It's top-class show jumping uh, at the very best. Every horse is different, and you've got to be able to understand and read each different horse. Remember, we're looking for those clears in this round to go forward to the jump off. You can't ask for anything more. It's just pure theatre. here and we are doing the jumping episode we do the first tuesday of every month it's your birthday today yay it's my birthday i did not know it was your birthday today well happy birthday (laughs) thank you i keep it a secret it's not your fault i don't tell anything very rare we get to do one of those with people actually on the show yeah right so happy birthday 29 again great i know again isn't that isn't that wild (laughs) i don't know how i've been able to do that but you don't look a day over 39 so it's okay (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i'm getting older 34 you know i don't know am i gonna have a midlife crisis soon or something no you got a few years yeah that's 40 to 45 so you're good Okay, so I'm good for now. Although with your life, crisis. you've had a few, I think, already. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Is it a normal crisis or a midlife crisis? It's, Speaking you know, of crisis, all- oh my God, girl, are you getting ready for your girlfriend Irma to come visit this weekend? <sighs> I, this is like deja vu, right? Because last uh, year when we had our big hurricane scare in Wellington, I think I was evacuating horses like the next day yes. after uh, we were on the air. After so, we were on the air, because I told you, would right? you take this seriously and get the hell out? Because where you live is a, is a swamp. So, yeah, you got to go. You gotta, you're going to have snakes and alligators three feet high in the water in your barn. Get out. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, that's like a legit thing down here. I were, yeah. So, I mean, and then it, it didn't hit us. I think last year was like an hour out. I mean, we were starting to experience crazy w- weather and trees blowing down. And then, thank God, it made like a 90 degree turn and went up and hit my friend Caroline in Charleston. Yeah, yeah, it went up and um, hit them. But yeah. now she just moved down here and she's always getting hit with hurricanes. So I'm like, oh Lord, now we're definitely going to get this one. Do you, we got, uh, do you think because of, of Harvey and how terrible that has been and, and seeing the things from Houston that people People are taking it a little more seriously that now. Yeah, I mean, I think with livestock, you have to take it seriously. So we, they have not issued issued a a, pr- a proper hurricane warning for our area yet. But it it takes so long with livestock to start to prepare that we have to prepare if we you know abandon mission, which I don't think we're going to. I think we're going to be going through with the whole. The, evacuation well, you'll move your horses out to a like a, a block barn instead of a tinder barn, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I'm like last year. I was like this. 
Joker is not even going to be here when we get back. Everyone's asking me if, if we're moving. I'm like, yes, we're moving. Well, yeah, and where um, you sit, for those that don't know, is I bet you it was a swamp at one time. It had been filled in because that's kind of well, legit. Yeah. It's 50% of the property is, is zoned wetlands. Yeah. So you're, I mean, if it really hit, you would look like Houston in where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And like no power and like talk about gators, you know, I mean, they're all around anyway. So we're just, we, we don't have as many last year. I evacuated with 17 horses, just not like out of state, you know, just across town to a, a higher ground and better safe uh, structure, cinder block and all this. This year, I think we're only going to have to move like 12. Oh, that's all. <laughs> Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. And with like two people. Get that done and uh, you you better start now. (laughs) That's what I did. I was before we got on air, I was like, okay, I've got to go and uh, get, you know, on air, do the radio. But when I get back, we need to be getting the trash cans. We need to be getting the wheelbarrows. Like I'm going through the whole deal because you have to. It takes so long, you know, uh, to to organize everything with livestock. And hey, maybe it doesn't hit us and we'll be those people that prepared. um, And it's good practice, actually, for the horses. It's good practice for everybody. For when it, it really is. does hit. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you don't want to not be prepared, which I just breaks my heart. I've got, you know, I had a business down in Dallas for six years. So I have so many of my Facebook course professional friends are down in that area or Houston. I've got a lot of people based out of Houston as well that I'm friends with and have done business with and to see what everybody else is going through. I'm like, I mean, a lot of it, you know, could have sadly been prevented you know the horses could have could have been moved beforehand uh the dogs of course as well but horses are are significantly harder to manage and move in a situation where you don't have power you know obviously if you have a terrible disaster with the flooding and the destruction that's one thing but even just being out of power it's a problem you know the horses have to drink so we'll we'll see but yeah we're we're preparing like it's it's the real deal i hope not though i mean what a nightmare. Yeah, I hope not for your sake, too. But, I mean, you live in an area that at some point you're going to get a hurricane. <laughs> it's just... It's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's been so long. That's what everyone says down here. Uh, this is only my second summer. Um, normally I go back up to New York. But, yeah, that's kind of the word on the street. Is it's it's a coming. I'm one of these a little years. deja vu right now from conversations right? from last year. <laughs> right? I know. We were literally, like, having, and I was, like, getting off air and, like, I could have okay, just taken like, that clip and we could have just put it in here. <laughs> <laughs> just replay what yeah. you were doing this time last year. Well, oh, we do have God. a fun show planned for everybody this morning. We're going to be talking a little health and fitness on the human side. We're also going to be talking a little health and fitness on the horse side. And you're going to be answering a lot of listener questions that have come in about jumping. So we're going to be getting to all of that right now. We have our first guest, Miss Haley Gassel, successful amateur rider who has started a health and fitness coaching program tailored to the big, busy lifestyle we all lead. Welcome to the show, Haley. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So glad this worked out that we're able to connect. I I chatted with you the other day and I you've been on my mind to try to have you on the radio because you're in my Facebook news feed all the time and I see how hard you're working. I was telling you the other day what an inspiration it is. I know you're working as hard as all of us doing stalls, cleaning horses, riding, showing, doing everything and you have managed to build professionally now a fitness and health coaching program and really documented and blog online all of what you're doing personally with your meal planning, which is so wild to me that you're able to consistently do it at night, putting, making the meals and everything. So congratulations on all that. It's really, uh, really quite impressive. Thank you so much. You, so you, Haley, now we're chatting, you're, you're based out of Tennessee. Is that right? 
Yep. Um, just right outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. So, and then you're now in Saugerties though for the, the championship weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm up here in Saugerties. Um, I've been here one full week now and I plan to show, um, my top horse in the 250,000 junior AO pre. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Good luck. We'll have to keep up with it on Facebook. Make sure you post. Oh, I will. I, I really, really hope to win this year. It's my fourth Uh, year coming here. Really? Oh, that's great. For this class. Yeah. So hopefully fourth time is the charm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've been lucky. I've, I've placed every year I've come here. I just, I keep coming to win, you know? (laughs) Oh, I hope you do. I mean, you're certainly working hard enough. The horses, I see your photos. I mean, they're beautiful, well turned out. Now I know you're actually doing it with your hands doing the, the brushing <laughs> and the tacking. I mean, me too. I think my braids look amazing, you know, but I do them myself. Other people think, you know, we've got staff and all of this, but there's a certain amount of, you know, pride, I guess, that goes into it. You feel great doing all the work and turning them out well. And obviously winning is the cherry on top. We all want to do Definitely. that. Well, I hope you do. Tell me quick, what are your other horses doing? That's your top horse. And then you said you had a young horse and, and another jumper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've got a five-year-old who, um, after this, we go home. We'll be home for a week, just hanging out, and then we go to the Young Jumper Championships with him in Kentucky. He's a super, super smart, um, really great five-year-old. He, he actually thinks he's like eight. He doesn't even think he's five, really. Ooh, that's the best kind so, of five-year-old. Um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's really great, and sometimes it's like, gosh, you're way too smart. Like, let's dumb it down a little. Oh, really? Um, no, it's just like it's almost like mind-boggling how he like anticipates turns and everything um he just he's able to figure out everything like way too quickly like you know what I mean it's like you kind of need to like figure it out and he's like don't worry I got this like yeah yeah um, because then at five they're not jumping huge huge jumps yet so exactly. he's so probably he's feeling like, a little big for his bridges. Years. yeah yeah he's bored but you know at five years old you can't jump them super big yet and he's like come on like let's do this and it's like no buddy we need to wait a second oh Um, that's good i know what you mean though but the gotta take your time yeah definitely and then i have another horse he's also 12 and he just does the high junior amateur jumpers continuing on how do you find time to professionally launch and really stay up with this fitness and health program that you've done Uh, by the way i just went to Haley's facebook page and it, I can see why we're talking about fil- f- uh, fitness and health. Uh, so I see this girl contorted into a pretzel, uh, looking all buff <laughs> with long hair. That's you, right? Uh, that's Sally. Yeah, that's me. That'd be the one, all contorted into a pretzel with six packs. Yep, that's yeah. Ellie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. And the, but then you go to her, the, her personal page, you know, and she's doing the the horses too. It's like, wow, like how can you do both? Okay, anybody that wants to feel better about themselves, do not visit her page. <laughs> Don't go look. No, don't go to Haley's no. page. You're just gonna but feel- Haley's got a great story because the thing is, is that she really like started not as one of these people. You tell us, we should start there. You should give us a little background into how you got started because that that's what inspired me because I, I try to be healthy. But I'm tired, you know, at the end of the day to work out and all this. Um, but you, you are one of those, those girls, right? With a no gym membership. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say first and foremost, um, it took a long time for me to get to look like that. So just don't prejudge and ever think that, you know, I'm perfect or that. I mean, you I'm didn't do like that this. in two weeks. <laughs> I know. No, I didn't My bubble is burst. <laughs> it's not the 30 day program. You mean I can't just do a couple sit ups and look like you. 
Nope. No, <sighs> unfortunately not. Uh, um, but yeah, I I'm out. On, um, all of <laughs> <laughs> on uh, all of my pages, I like to show people that I'm a real person. You know what I mean? I have ups, I have downs, I have hard days, I have days where I look like a marshmallow fluff, and I have days where my abs are really showing. So you know, I just try to show people on my feed that I am a normal and real person. Um, I loved your post the other day when you said that you, uh, you had, I think you had basically like a confession moment that you had not made your meals <laughs> for a day and a half or something. Yeah. And you were really tired and you were getting the, you know, uh, getting back to it the next day, but that makes you feel good. You, you're, you are a real person. You are doing a full workload and you're also have been able to successfully make lifestyle changes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all, it's all a process. Like even the best fitness advocates in the world, they have their tough days. They have hard weeks, hard months. So, um, but yeah, I'll get into my story. Um, like Emily just said, I never had a gym membership. Um, my dad has always been into fitness. He's a marathon runner, but for me, um, I never wanted to be a part of fitness. I honestly thought it was overrated. I thought it was kind of silly I, you know, just with riding and doing the behind the scenes work, I was like, I get plenty of workouts in just doing what I'm doing. But it was kind of a series of unfortunate events that led to me saying, I need a change in life. Like this, this is do or die, sink or swim, something's got to change. So starting back in 2011, I had a mare um, that I purchased. She was kind of young. And at that time I was 16 or 17. So I had a little bit of time to build up to um, young riders, you know, NAJYRC. Like that was my lifetime goal was to go to young riders. That was what I wanted to do. And so she was going to be my horse. You know, I don't come from a lot of money, but I am fortunate enough to at least have, you know, obviously we talked about a few horses. Um, So she was going to be my main horse. And in 2011, um, all of a sudden one day she came out acting kind of neurologic, just out of the blue and eight weeks went on. We tested everything you can imagine in the book from EPM to West Nile to, um, you know, she was imported from Argentina. So we basically did the EPM test down in Argentina. We did everything we possibly could, but there was no diagnosis. And after eight to 10 weeks, it got to the point of saying, what are we going to do? Are we going to keep trying or are we going to have to end this? So we made the decision, unfortunately, to put her down, but it was the right decision because she had a tumor the size of a baseball growing in her spine. So it was never going to be mm. found unless we did the necropsy like we did. And it was something that she obviously was never going to recover from. So for me, I was back to square one. And like I said, for young riders being such a big goal of mine, I felt extremely defeated, but I try to be a really positive person. So I was like, it's okay. You know, we'll be able to find something. Just keep pushing through. So I ended up getting a few horses and I ended up going to young riders, but that's not totally part of the story. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, So in 2012, my dad, who I mentioned is a marathon runner, was running the Myrtle Beach Marathon. And during the marathon, he had a massive heart attack, 100% blockage. Um, He was DOA. And they gave him a 5% chance of living. Yeah. And um, so we all rushed down there. He 
surprisingly made it. They basically said because he was in such good physical and health condition, it's the only reason that he survived. Um, so that should have been a wake up call for me. And honestly, it still wasn't enough of a wake up call for me. But anyway, so luckily he pushed through, he made it through. Now in 2013, everything comes in threes, right? Oh Lord. <laughs> so 2013, oh boy. <laughs> so 2013, um, I believe it was May 28th. We were on the way to a local um, amusement park. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Dollywood. It's up in the Smoky oh, yeah. Mountains. It's about an hour. Yeah. yeah. So it's about an hour away from my lit or sorry, from where I live. On the way there, I was with um, my mom and dad and my boyfriend at the time. And we got in a car accident. It was no big deal. No one got severely injured, but we did total the car. And like I said, we try to be positive people and just say, okay, we're still going to go up to Dollywood. We're just going to forget that that happened and we'll keep going on with our day. So we had a friend pick us up. I think we were in the park for maybe an hour. And my one neighbor that I have, I live in a really uh, rural part of Tennessee. Um, she called us and said, your house is on fire. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> so um, I know. <laughs> oh, oh no. it keeps going. It keeps going. <laughs> so um, we rushed back. And of course, my car was in the garage of the house. So we practically lost two cars in one day as well as our house. And I mean, everything was pretty much gone. Wow. The downstairs had so much water and smoke damage. Um, and the upstairs, like I could send you pictures. My closet was ashes. So everything that I had from my horse that died, it all burned. I had nothing left of what, um, you know, the things that I kept from her, like pictures and I had pieces of her tail and her shoes and it was completely gone. Um, so we had to relocate, you know, we're getting ourselves back on our feet. And the boyfriend that I mentioned that was in the car with us in the car accident, I had been dating him for four years and he had been through every single one of those um, instances with me, every single one of those experiences. And to me, it was someone that I really trusted and I really felt comfortable with. And exactly a month after our house burned down, he um, approached me right after Horsha, which at the time was my biggest win of my career, and said, this needs to end. And no matter the circumstance, please don't talk to me ever again. Holy smokes. So, <laughs> Did you slap yeah, him? Please so tell me you slapped him. What was Did you slap thinking? him, please? We got to find this no. boy. If no. he didn't get one then, he no. needs one now. Yeah. <laughs> Emily will take care of that for you. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'll just send him, I'll send you guys on to pounce him. And beat I him think up. Emily <laughs> slapped a few, so I think this would just be an addition to I got you, Haley. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are awesome. But yeah, I mean, so it was really tragic and it was really upsetting. And for me, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was, I saw depression in my near future. Or I said, something's got to change because I could not sleep. I could not eat. I could not think straight. And you had to think I literally had nothing. I had nothing to comfort me. I had really nobody to console me because we had a bunch of mutual friends. But for me, it was so awkward and uncomfortable to just even like bring up that situation because we were mutual friends or we had the mutual friends, excuse me. So for me, I needed something to cope with. Um, to get out my anger and my aggression. And that's what led me to fitness. 
So I began walking and running, which I'm not much of a walker or a runner. I'm just being honest. <laughs> That's your dad's um, job. Right He's the runner. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you had a job already taken. Yeah, he got that job. You didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And actually, um, I had broken my hip in 2010 from the mare that died, which it was completely my fault. It was a riding accident. And like I said, it should have never happened because it was my fault, 100%. But anyway, so I broke my hip. So me walking and running above like two and a half to three miles is like my cutoff point, my hip kind of says, okay, like we're done. We can stop now before it starts aching and all of that. So once walking and running just got to be too much for me, I joined a gym and I, like I said, I've never had a gym membership in my entire life. Um, I was one of those people. I literally walked in and I had to read the directions on how to use the machines. And I walked into a Zumba class. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Zumba, but I had never even heard that term before. And I walked in and I said, hey, this sounds fun. I don't know what it is, but let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. I actually loved dance fitness. And I knew that for me to keep going with fitness, I had to find something that I really, truly enjoyed. Because like I said, I didn't come from much of a fitness background. I was one of those people who didn't really want to be involved with it. So for me, I knew I had to find something that I really, truly loved. And that was Zumba and dance fitness. I actually taught on the side for two years when I was home in between horse shows. And I loved it. I wish I could still do it. But I just, you know, unfortunately, I travel too much now. And that's pretty much my story. <laughs> well, that's enough. <laughs> I know, right? Like, oh my god! Geez. But I mean, what a what a success story, though, because that has out of the difficulty pushed you into being so committed to the, which is it's essentially a transformation. Like oh, you're so saying, let, you let me ask you like a question because people. we always say things that ha I always say, and we've said it on the shows for years. And Emily and I kind of believe this: things happen for a reason. Always. Do you think that all? Not all of that. Obviously, the house burning down and all of that. But do you think like the boyfriend breaking up with you and things fell into where you are now for a reason? Do you believe that? You know, I actually really do, because as tragic as it was, especially for my mare to pass away, um, I would not have the string of horses that I have at this very moment without her passing. And it's a very mm. sick and twisted way to think about that. And I don't really like thinking it like that but i have really phenomenal horses right now and i'm extremely lucky with the string that i have and the horse that is doing the 250 is a horse of a lifetime i mean every single time i go to a show people say i want your horse like how much can i purchase him for and i say he's not for sale i mean even like top top riders have approached me about purchasing that horse he's truly for me a horse of a lifetime and i would not have him if it were not for my mare passing away and are you doing, are, so you're doing coaching now for people, for he health and fitness? Is yes. that what you're doing? Okay. Yes. So kind of explain what you do. In other words, if I called you up, which don't, don't, don't. Uh, <laughs> Glenn. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, let's don't hold be, your let's breath. Let's be realistic. Okay. Well, well, I'm just trying to be optimistic here, maybe someday. Uh, so if I called you up, what would you do? What would you do for me? Definitely. So what I would do is I would ask a series of questions. You know, what is your goal? Would you like to lose five to even a hundred pounds? Would you like to tone up and just look a little bit leaner? Would you like to increase upper body strength and stamina, which is exactly what I wanted to do when I started? Which every rider wants, right? Any type right? of goal. <clears throat> yeah. 
I would think so. I mean, yep. I had to have, I had to increase the stamina to keep up with my top string horse. He's a heck of a ride. He, I always say jokingly, he's a workout and a half to ride. Oh yeah. So, um, I, I take, um, any goal that you can think of and I kind of say, okay, what are your eating habits? Like, um, do you feel like you overeat? Do you feel like you skip meals? Do you think that you eat too many carbs? Um, do you feel like you need to eat more? Because that's something that I struggled with. I thought early on in my fitness career that I was eating too much when in fact I was not eating nearly enough to correctly fuel my body to receive the results that I wanted. So I ask, like I said, a series of questions such as those. And then I say, okay, what type of activities do you enjoy doing? Or if they've never even come from fitness, what type of things do you think you would enjoy doing? You know, do you feel powerful, like weightlifting? Do you feel like a total badass when you do dance fitness? Do you feel like calm and relaxed when you do yoga? Does high intensity cardio sound like something you'd enjoy doing? And I basically craft a program and a nutrition plan that fits their needs exactly for what they want their goals to be. And you don't have but to it's more than just, you don't have to be local to that to do this, right? No, absolutely okay. not. I work with people um, in the United States and Canada, and we're actually launching to the United Kingdom next month. Hmm. Okay, cool. So, and, um, you, and it's more you than understand the, pro, the busy schedules, which is so great because you're living it yourself. This is not a hundred percent of your day in sneakers and, and leggings, like you're working a whole other job and then doing this, which I think is so unique that you can help other people in that same way, be very, uh, you know, specific and about their time effective because they don't have three hours to go to the gym in the afternoon. Exactly. And that's one thing that I really strongly encourage with people because when I did start, because like I said, I literally had nothing. I had no one. I had so much anger and aggression. I spent hours at the gym part of it because i was like okay now all of a sudden i really like this and i want these incredible results and then part of it because like i said i kind of needed to kill some time and get my mind off of things i received more results doing one of the 22 minute programs for eight weeks than i did for a full three years spending hours in a gym wow that to me is mind-blowing Right. Because I was one of those people, like I said, I had to read the machines. I knew nothing about fitness. So I was like, okay, more time in the gym means more results. No, not even close. It's about what you do and how efficient and effective you are with the time that you're given. Because we do have programs where even 10 minutes, I've worked with people who literally only have 10 minutes to get a workout in. It's perfect. You can get in a great workout in 10 minutes. And we have programs that can go all the way up to 90 minutes. So there's literally anything you can imagine, like I said, between yoga, dance, fitness, weightlifting, high intensity cardio from 10 minutes all the way to 90, depending on the person's specific time frame, goals, and what else they'd like to achieve. The 10 minutes is awesome. That is like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how can you turn that down? Like everybody wants to, I don't have time. I can't do this. It's like, all right. I mean, unless you're not serious about, about improving yourself or improving. I, I definitely want to talk to you a little bit after the show in the next couple of days. Cause I, I have, I'm still coming off, unfortunately, after like five or six years now off of a severe rib injury, I got kicked square in the chest and broke 
like almost mm-hmm. all my ribs. And I am back, you know, working and riding. And I, like we talked the other day, I do my own daycare as well, clean stalls and everything. Um, but I've had to sort of like develop coping mechanisms for it. How, what I can do, I know what I can't do still. Um, and that mm-hmm. has kind of stopped me from really taking that next step into doing more uh, strengthening exercises. The the upper body strength is hard for me, you know, sometimes to do certain exercises because of my injury. Uh, but but the doing thinking, okay, well, for 10 minutes, if we can do X, Y, Z, maybe a little change in the meal plan or something. I mean, it's, it's so conducive to somebody with a busy lifestyle and maybe not tons of energy even, or in my case, also an injury uh, to be able to dedicate a multi-hour event at a different location. Cause I see you like your, your, your uh, videos are awesome on Facebook when you're blogging about your fitness. Cause I'm like, the girl is like, just got out of her britches. She's in the camper parked in camper land, like doing her exercises, <laughs> you know, like you have no yeah. excuse everybody. Like she's not even going to the gym. Yeah. And, um, I've worked with people that have certain injuries, you know, knee injuries. I, myself, like I said, I broke my hip in 2010 I actually have a, I don't even think it's an injury. I just have bicipital tendonitis in one of my shoulders. So I too am restricted with the amount of weight and impact that I can exert in certain exercises. And sometimes it may take a few tries to just figure out, you know, okay, is this too much? Is this too little? Or is this program for me? But the cool thing about it is that you can literally take these programs. I take them on my iPad, no matter where I go, I stream them 24 seven online. And if I feel like something is too much for me, I can literally just exit out and choose from over 45 other programs for what I'm looking for. That's so cool. You guys have to check it out. Do you prefer people to communicate with you on your jumping into fitness page or your personal page on Facebook? Um, Either or if they want to head to my like page, like you said, it's jumping into fitness with Haley. They're more than welcome to give me a like and a message there. Or I'm 100% okay with my personal page because I do share some fitness on there, but I do share a lot of horses too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of my favorite pages because I see everything. I'm like, this girl is going and going. But that's what I say about it being inspirational because I know how the clock works. So, you know, like during the day with the horses, I mean, you've got to be so tired after feeding and doing your PM chores. And then it's almost like you relaunch into another job, but you have it streamlined. That's what people really need to understand. Like you're, you're the person to, to, to message and get on a, a fitness program that suits this kind of lifestyle or any busy lifestyle, but you, but you get it. So you guys get on Facebook, Haley Gassel or jumping into fitness with Haley. Thank you so much for calling in girl. I loved hearing from you. So what's going on with S Equestrian? Oh, as equestrian, always keeping me busy. It's moving. It's it's been very cool. I'm always pumping the custom program and the new made to order show coats and all the funky colors. We're seeing them all out there. If you go on the S Equestrian Co. Facebook page, you can see all the recent orders that have been delivered. Uh, the show ring is a much more colorful place when S Equestrian is in town. Thanks so the S Equestrian livening yeah. things up a bit. I, I just refused. I almost didn't even uh, offer a black or a, or a navy jacket. I know we had to, but I'm like the one on the team that's like, no, like I want everything hot pink and purple. Like, don't be like nobody should have the same two jackets. Like, come on. Um, so God, okay, you so could have, have never said in. that ten years ago. Nobody would have bought them. They wouldn't have bought it. That's the thing. It's fine. It's at a really great. I had to push. I mean, okay, we've been we're on the talking jumpers years. here, people, not hunters, because right. it's going to be hey, another we ten years. Have some we'll have too, that. <laughs> 
It, yeah, I mean, some of it they won't budge on, you know, with the collars and things, but we really do. We've got a couple hunters out there and some, you know, not basic bland colors. So it, and those are fun. Those are always awesome. We offer those all the time. What sort of is new right now, not new, but what's happening immediately is that we are our deadline for our next custom production of show shirts, which is when you can put your own personal logo or business logo in the collar liner. Or if you're IHSA or IEA, it's a slightly different price point and slightly modified shirt for the equitation ranks. Um, Those, we only run so many productions a year. And our deadline to get into this last custom production of the year is September 15th. You can do a five-piece minimum, which is very small, of the same style, men's or women's long sleeve or short, and then you, if you want to call, or not, don't call, message john at sequestrianco.com, handles all of our orders, and you can use the discount code for 15% off of the custom orders with promo code HRN15, which you only get on the radio here. So use it, get those custom shirts, but from there, stay tuned because we got the britches coming. So excited. All right, so it's HRN15 is the promo code. If you And yep. that's a discount on anything or just a custom? That is a discount on, on custom orders. Okay, on custom orders. We have our next guest, Liz Ulrich, a hunter-jumper rider and founder of Equine Elixirs based out of Wellington, Florida. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you for having me. So glad you could call in. Your company has been just going crazy out there. So many top riders, horses rather. You should make rider supplements. Gastric. <laughs> no, saying that. But so many people are using it. It's so exciting to see it. We actually spoke, uh, gosh, a couple years ago when you were starting this. So congratulations on the success. It's just awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, I could not be happier. I wake up every day with a huge smile on my face. Oh, that's so great. Well, and you're, you're a horse girl, you're a hunter jumper girl. So, you know, I mean, I think that's why it's been so successful. You were able to really gear your product right now, it's the one product, the equine gastric support and ulcer prevention. And I mean, that's like the most important one, you know, we all know managing horses. So you found one, how, tell us how you got started. How did this all come about? Because it's not just, you know, it's different. There's different, uh, ingredients. Right. So the, the reason that I uh, came up with this is I had a need for my own horse. Um, she was ulcery. I did um, a standard gas regard treatment. Um, that was great. But I wanted to come up with something that would be a maintenance product for her going forward. Um, the issue being that as long as I was going to continue to ride and show and do all those things that put horses at risk for ulcers, I needed to come up with a way to prevent her having issues in the future because gas regard is expensive long-term and it's not healthy for horses to be on drugs long-term. Um, I didn't love any of the products that were on the market. I didn't find them to be all that effective and I found them all to be extremely expensive. So I decided I would do some research. I would read about ulcers, the causes, the cures in, in horses and in humans And I read the studies, and it was pretty simple. So I just went in search of the natural ingredients that would um, be good for gastric support and ulcer prevention. And by just focusing on what was necessary, I was able to have something that was extremely effective um, and something that could be kept affordable for people to use as a maintenance product 
in perpetuity. Okay, I got to interrupt here. So <laughs> we, we have a hunter-jumper rider who decides there's this problem out there. I'm just going to go be all scientific. Did you have a science background? I don't have a science background, but everybody in my family is a doctor. Everyone's okay. involved in medicine. So b- kind of like by diffusion, I too have a medical background. That's kind <laughs> exactly. of how I looked at it. <laughs> That's great. I, I am better more than any of the rest and, of us. And mom and dad are now going, thank God she's finally doing something worthwhile with her life. Yeah. Not just jumping yeah, those right. horses. Yeah. Riding those horses around yeah. in circles. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually, I went to law school. Um, I was, uh, I've been a practicing attorney for 12 years. Um, and also, without going to medical school, I'm a doctor. So there you go. Well, the- <laughs> I, I mean, it's working. It is working. What do you do in your free time uh, after all of that? <laughs> she rides her pony, yeah. her fancy hunter pony over yeah. there at uh, Jeez, Palmetto. No, she Liz is, is she's living the life. It, it's been so cool to watch. I mean, myself, I do the manufacturing with the clothing line, so I'm you know I understand that the behind it. the scenes. Yeah, and like you literally launched it from just idea and. and it, I'm not, I don't know. I want to kind of get into the um, different ingredients and stuff because I'm not super educated on that, but I do know uh, talking to different vets and all that, like you're saying with GastroGuard and some of these other supplements, they're not actually healing. Um, they may be blocking, acid blocking, uh, but this is, um, this is a little bit of a different objective, I think. Is that kind of right? Yeah, that's, that's very accurate. I mean, GastroGuard is great. Um, it's a meprazole. It's a drug. It eliminates the production of gastric acid. And for horses that have really severe bleeding ulcers, that's necessary. Um, but it's not always necessary for other horses, and it's not something you want to have to deal with forever. So you need a maintenance product, something that can be healthier. Horses need acid in order to digest their food. I like the um, size of your tubs like what you're getting for um say a 30-day supply um i'm trying to pick up your page i'm on your website right now there's a great website equinelixirs.com you all definitely check that out this is really well done uh yeah here it's a 6.7 pound bucket 30-day supply one horse i mean that's great yeah you know look at the size of the horses we have these days they're big they are bred to be big and um generally the amount of supplement that people are um, giving from other companies are relatively small in volume. Um, and one of the benefits of having an all-natural supplement is you don't have to have that worry about, gee, you know, I hope my horse isn't having too much of it. Um, so it comes with a scoop. It's a fairly large scoop. It's 100 cc's, and you do two scoops a day. And it's a significant volume uh, for a 30-day supply, like you said. I have, uh, I ride for a few different um, horse dealers around town and various locations. So I hear, I'm always hearing things, different supplements. Oh, people are trying this. And I actually, I think I told you this the other day, your company was re-brought to my attention through somebody else who was having great success with it, saying that they were, the the two of the two of the horses were extremely ulcery and they're on other medication. They're not, this is not the first thing they've tried. They've been taking like actual medication. They saw great results with yours. I'm just curious because you're doing so much of the communication with your, your you've got top riders using the product. What are they telling you? Are they're having turnaround immediately or it's, it's out shining obviously the other products because they're jumping all in. What are, what are you hearing? I would say that consistently I'm hearing that the average time frame within which people are noticing a difference, is about two to two and a half weeks. There have been a significant number of people that have told me that they've started to see positive changes as early as three to five days in. But I don't like to tell people that they should expect that because that's not necessarily the norm. The average is about two to two and a half weeks. But 
things that people start to see pretty quickly are um, an increased weight gain. The horses will keep on their weight. They will have a better top line because the supplement's 30.4% fat and primarily the omega-3 anti-inflammatories, which is the good fat. Um, horses are less girthy. They're more responsive to the leg. They're not sulky. Um, they're better behaved in the barn. The pumpkin seed in the supplement contains magnesium and tryptophan, so it has a calming effect. And, and horses that are jumpers tend to be more focused while still being forward enough to keep the time. And the hunters are just quiet and take a deep breath and happy to go around and do their hunter thing. Yeah, it's really, you do see the just almost entire demeanor of the horse and body change when you get it right. The, and I'm looking at your, on the website, on the equine elixirs website, you can see the different ingredients, which it's all natural. Obviously we, we all love that. Um, so I see some, <clears throat> there's nothing that tests in this. No, in fact, <clears throat> this is, this is one of the big things that sets this product apart from others, which is the uh, comfort that the top riders have if they're competing at the FEI level and, you know, USEF. I have a certificate from the lab in Kentucky that does the FEI testing that confirms that the product contains no prohibited substances. In addition to that, top barns throughout the country have been using it since WEF of last season. They've been tested consistently without any issue. That's great. That's a huge deal because you, you all, I'm sure, saw that terrible thing that happened with uh, Paige Johnson's horse. They used the triple antibiotic with the yes, pain that's, relief. That's, ah. totally, that's very <laughs> that'll, upsetting. Yeah, that'll get you. But you don't even realize it with the, you go shopping on the shelves and all the supplements are there together, liniments, whatever topically that you're using. And they don't, not everyone is making something for sure FEI legal because there's obviously different different rules. So Liz, if I was to say to you, okay, why yours as opposed to, because there's a lot of different supplements out there, right? Um, for, for this particular problem, for stomach problems. So why, if you're going to give me the elevator pitch and to the listeners, what would it be? The first thing you have to understand about the product is that it looks, smells, and tastes different than everything else. It's not a powder. It's not a paste. It's a roughage. It kind of looks like granola, Horses love to eat it. Sort so of like bran? Is, like kind of that consistency? It looks like muesli. Muesli? Right? Okay. Um, no, it, <laughs> it's got more consistency. Like. Yeah, it's got, it's got more um, consistency than that. It looks like granola. It's got uh, different seeds in it, black sunflower seed, pumpkin seed, huh. dehydrated cabbage. So it's got some bulk to it. So we can have it, it for breakfast too? You wouldn't believe how many people actually put this in their smoothies. They really? <laughs> I was just joking, but I mean, no, the, no. I have a stomach acid problem myself. By the I'm way, for the, for the show's uh, coverage, uh, we don't recommend that people use horse products. Just, just I, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to well, try you, it. You're going to be in good company. You would not believe how many people say, oh, I don't have gastric reflux anymore. Or my stomach wow. doesn't hurt anymore. I said, well, it's not marketed to people, but by all means, go ahead and have fun. It's all natural, though. Your website is so great because you can see everything. You have all of the ingredients there. You give explanations. You have the testing page. So, I mean, yeah, all of it is, I mean, a lot of those are supplements or people some supplements. I know uh, L-arginine and some of these other. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, and, and a lot of people do like to taste it before they give it to their horse just to see what it tastes like. And then the next thing you know, they're still snacking on it. Um, so funny. So uh, anyway, so to answer your question, um, it's different because of how it looks and how it tastes. The horses actually love to eat it. 
In addition to the fact that it, it looks different and it acts differently because it's in the form of an integrated food, it's priced to be uh, affordable for most people to be able to use on a monthly basis. Each 30-day supply is $59.99. I would say that the other thing is consistently, the, the stories that I'm hearing from people, the results that they're seeing are consistently positive. And and I get text messages and emails and posts on my Facebook page all day about how this supplement has truly changed their horse's life and how everything at the barn is so much better for them. And I, I feel like I'm connected to all of these people and all of their horses hearing these stories every day. That's so great. It is a game changer. If you have a horse that has, if you've experienced that management wise, feeling out of control, not being able to keep the weight on the behavior, all of those things. Uh, and they don't always like, you know, okay, we experience them with them. And I think, okay, yeah, we've got ulcers because I manage horses. Not everything works for every horse. It's, I end up going more, I love your product because it's like the way that I manage. It's much more, it's nat natural, holistic stuff. It's not a bunch of chemicals and those sorts of products I feel are much more effective consistently on all the types. Um, even like an aloe vera juice or a daily gold or something. But this is literally, I'm, I'm on your other page about the, uh, the factors that contribute to ulcers, different symptoms to look for. I mean, these are huge symptoms like dull coat, poor appetite are obvious, but spookiness, people don't realize that. I mean, that totally changes the temperament and demeanor of your your horse, so whether it's a pleasure horse, whatever it's doing, uh, anxiousness, obviously the colic, the resistance to the leg. I don't know if people always know that, but that's, that's, that, that's a real problem <laughs> when you start putting on your leg around the corner and they're not stepping up and you can address it, not with a bigger pair of spurs, but you can actually go back into the management and address it consistently like this. I, right. I love it. And a lot of the supplements that exist that, that people use to try and, and reduce acid, it's sort of like the equivalent of putting on a Band-Aid. It's, um, it's sort of short-term relief, maybe like taking Tums. It works really quickly, but it doesn't last for very long. The ingredients in this supplement are actually designed to uh, take advantage of the long-term health benefits that those ingredients promote. So you're not just temporarily covering up an issue. You're actually building the underlying supply of mucosa throughout the GI tract to help the horse have um, healthy, you know, gastric function going forward. It's not just masking a problem. It's actually um, creating better health for the horse's future. Yeah, totally. That's basically, yeah. When you, when you really read through all the ingredients you're seeing with like the fatty acids and everything, it's, it's almost a like, gastric health multivitamin well, now, um, that's a good way to look at it so now mm -hmm. and the price seems a lot less than some of the others too yeah you know i did that for a few reasons uh the first what, is so i could afford it that's why you, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds you have like the it. smallest horse yeah, yeah i do i could i could go three months with that, with that bucket <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you know when i um started this about a year ago i wanted people to be willing to try something new and i thought pricing it affordably would be uh, a good way to encourage them to try something new. And now that people know about it and they're using it and they're liking it, uh, I like the fact that it's affordable for them, not only because other people are willing to try it, but because they're comfortable keeping their horses on it um, monthly. And unless you're going to retire your horse and your horse isn't showing or training or in a stall or shipping, 
then it's still at risk for these issues. And so it needs a maintenance product. And this is something that people with horses can afford on a monthly basis. All right. Where can they buy it? Well, you can get it directly from the website. Um, there are a few uh, tax shops in the Wellington, Loxahatchee area that carry it locally. Um, but the majority of sales are just done directly from the website. Uh, if people aren't comfortable using the website, they're always welcome to email me and I can get them set up. And it's equineelixirs.com. And if you just search for Equine Elixirs, it comes up to in Google, top one. You can find it right there on the website, buy now button right there. Website's very well done, by the way. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us and good luck with it. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you are listening to Horses in the Morning. I am here with Emily, who is busy packing while we're talking to get the heck out of Dodge because Irma's coming. And we're talking jumping today. And we all, She's always kind enough to answer listener questions free of charge. Uh, so she's not, well, we might bill you later. Depends. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Depends Jim. how complicated they are. Yes, yeah, right. Simple ones are free, complicated, $10. <laughs> Chantel says, how do I introduce my pony to jumping? Yes, I want to jump my little 11-hand Rosie, but I don't know how to start. Okay, I happen to know. First of all, I hope Chantel... Chantel's not that big. She's only like uh, five foot or something. I know, happen to know her okay. a little bit. And she has a little daughter, I think, that's five. And I think that's eventually where they want to go is the daughter jumping the pony because 11-hand's pretty tiny. So, tiny. yeah, I think, you know, that's where she wants to go with it. Uh, so I assume okay. groundwork to start, right? Yeah, groundwork. And for sure, if it's a pony, I mean, for sure, a pony of this size, we're assuming that the end game is for a child. So you do want to start with the groundwork. You want to be able to teach the pony to not be reactive with the balance change and the equipment that is moving around on their back as they're jumping because they just need to be more obviously flatlined like a school horse. So for these kinds of situations, I do it for the horses too. If I know they're going to be lower level, uh, entry level, rather amateur horses into the show ring or, you know, doing three foot things like this. Uh, the first things first is they've got to be um, suitable, you know, the no spook, no, no reaction to, to the exercises, the equipment. So I like to do for sure on the lunge line, or if you have a round pen, you can start little baby jumps, poles. I would not do normally when people are asking these questions, we start talking about trot jumps and lines and gymnastics. And uh, it's just not really what you need to do in this situation with a, with a, 11 hand pony or one of those horses, like I just mentioned, getting into the amateur ranks. Um, so I would do on the lunge, I would start once they're comfortable going over, you can see if they're spooky, if you have to work on getting them confident with different looks, or if they're just kind of ready to go over, then from there you work on the balance, uh, with all the equipment. So if this pony is broke to be wearing tack, if it's not, you know, get the equipment where he's comfortable, she with the saddle on the back. And then I just slowly but increasingly make it more pressure uh, with the equipment so that they become desensitized to the moving around, the creaking and all of this. So maybe the first time they jump with no stirrups on the saddle at all. And then the next time or whenever they have mastered that, then you can put the stirrups down and let them flop around. I love doing empty uh, or not empty, but like hay filled or shavings field, filled grain bags. I'll tie those onto the saddle and let those f just flop around or onto the side. You don't want to scare the horses, but you do want to keep finding out where the edge of their comfort zone is and just keep pushing gently in that direction. 
you're going to get a lot farther going slower if you have a scared horse. Um, but that that's kind of the name of the game. If you're going to have a child on or amateurs, that's what you're looking for. You're not looking for top form for, is this pony have a big stride? We want him to just not really care if his rider loses their balance or flops on the neck or the leg slips back, little things like that. And you can really just take care of pretty much all of that without the rider up there at all. So Jessica wants to know tips on bringing a horse who has been out of work for several months back into it. I feel like we've done this one before. Anything specific she does for her horses who are coming back from stall rest? My horse gets anhydrosis in the summer, so he basically doesn't work until it cools off. So he's a non-sweater. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. The non-sweater. I'm very fortunate and right now. Why do we have all have them, them in Florida? <laughs> right, I know, I know that they should be banned at the border. Send them back. Um, this Alaska for you. (laughs) I know, right? Like we know you're the place is not here for you that we do know. Um, they, this is a good one. I know people ask this a lot or same similar, you know, theme of getting a horse back into work. If this horse is actually technically, you know, on stall wrist, which they're going to be on an injury as well. Myself, I don't do medications really at all. Um, if it's an extreme situation and the horse does need a mild sedative, um, you know, an ACE tab or, or something not crazy, then, then that is in order to keep the horse from overexerting itself. For sure, if it's an injury, this one, maybe he doesn't have those tendencies if it's just a non-sweating issue. So once you get that out of the way that you can get steady, reliable work out of the horse, because that's essentially what you need to build back slowly. And the first thing is the walk. Uh, he's got to walk out on the trails, around the ring, wherever the horse can walk. I have a couple that have come out of situations like this on stall rest and they're just a little too bronchy to walk under tack by themselves. And so I've probably one of the few show jumper people who has um, taught their horses to pony, like various horses, because I do sales horses. I'm like, okay, buddy, welcome to Stall Farm. Here we do polo too. So I will ride one of my older ones and then pony, you know, like a little polo pony kind of deal on the side with just the one lead. Um, and that's nice because you can take them on long walks, but it's the walking. You've got to do the walking. And then when they, they'll let you know when they feel good, when they're not breathing so hard, and then you can start doing a little trotting and then you're pretty much off to the races. I mean, the, then you've got pole work and you start incorporating more circles, building the stifles, the whole progression with a young horse. Basically, you just do it in a few months rather than five, six and seven and eight years. So you just slowly get more and more technical, but the horses let you know if they're struggling and they're breathing hard or their stifles are kind of falling out behind, they're tripping and, uh, you know, it's hard back off. You know, a lot of times they show you stress because it's physically hard and they want to work for you, but you, you know, you want to keep track track of the temperament, how they're feeling, but the walking is, it's crucial. That's, that's where you start. All right. Very good. Uh, next question is from Kayla. Other than trot poles, what are some great exercises that you can perform to help you when jumping? I have uh, I have a four H member. Oh, I have a four H member. I thought you were saying four hand. I was going. Well, that is tiny. Now <laughs> that's just too small. That's just too small. That's bunny rabbit size. <laughs> okay, I have a four H member who is working a lot on her flat riding and wondering about what other sex exercises she can work on. Well, poles are usually where you start, right? Yeah, you know, you start and she's saying other than trot poles. So the trot poles are great, you know, and then, then you go to canter poles. So first you start with single, Avaletis, single, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. or even just flat poles on the ground. Um, if you want to work on your turning and your relationship with the speed and everything, you can do just uh, single poles. I will sometimes put a little pyramid of poles, put two together and then one on top. So it's not high like a Cavaletti, but it's bigger than a pole. And then you can work up to a single Cavaletti or if you have like cinder blocks or something, you can bump it up on the sides. I love those blue trash cans that people are always using for barrels. They're like the perfect height to make a cross rail um, that's small. So those are great ways, but I would say that you're basically starting at a ground level and then building a very small height uh, and staying there of a single obstacle. You're not doing combinations or lines like we're talking about. You're basically working on the turning and the relationship to getting to the middle of the jump, which is very hard for people when they start jumping because in your flat work and in the dressage, everybody's doing circles and people will say circle back on this jump, but you don't actually ride a jumping course as if it's circles, you ride it more like it's square turns. So you want to ride parallel to the jump or, and then turn back in on it when it's time to go straight versus big swooping egg shaped turns and all that stuff. You can take a year doing Cavaletti exercises, just courses. It doesn't, you don't even have to build a course. You can just throw five Cavaletti out in the ring and random patterns and try to make it smooth and consistent. Your footprint should be kind of the same in those exercises. You're carving the turns the same. You're really working on the consistency of the rhythm. But that's, that's what I would say for sure is, uh, is those turns. That's going to be the biggest step. And if cost is a problem, if they don't have jumps, the easiest way to do that, I mean, I've seen everything from cinder blocks with, and of course, rails. If you want to get the cheapest rails, you go out and get the treated, uh, the treated garden rails that uh, yeah. people use for their gardens. And those are the cheapest option you can buy because they only cost a couple bucks each. Uh, and, you know, most people start with those when they're starting in their, uh, into jumping. And anything you can put them on to make cross rails, basically. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, and, can, like, even, like, little PVC pipes, you can get that piping stuff for super cheap yeah. at Home Depot. I mean, it doesn't... I, I mean, trees. <laughs> yeah, have any that's trees what we used. I can't tell you how many trees we had right? on our farm. Yeah, yeah, I had palm trees that had been cut up. I was using them like in different locations. I mean, I just picked up a few tires on the side of the road the other tires day. Tires are tire perfect. Stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, so it's it, whatever you can, you can stack can them and work. make them any height you want. We use tires totally. for a long time. Yeah, yeah, no, they're awesome. So it's yeah, you can be creative. It, it does as long as it's an obstacle and it's not dangerous. It's it's kind of fun and interesting. Oh, you know, it'd be interesting is to ask as our question of the day uh, today is what's the craziest thing you've used for a jump pole. Yeah. Or in a jump. We probably get some wild answers in there. I bet so. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. Good one, yeah. I'm going to post that one. All right. Uh, Courtney, who was on the show yesterday, actually, one of our auditors, said, My horse is great at cross country, but cantering to a fence in the ring, she will throw her head in the air dangerously and dangerously charge at the fence. Well, that sounds safe. Uh, all dressage training goes out the window. There is no half halt, no collection. She will trot at everything, but the moment you head to a fence at a canter, all hell breaks loose to help. This sounds like... Oh. Like your horses you work with every day. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I have this horse. Are you sure it's not in my barn? Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm reading here. It also here, yeah. sounds like the one you got hurt on. So let's talk I about know. it. Yeah. No, that wasn't his fault. His neck is just a little shorter than I realized <laughs> um, previously. Now I know the old headbutt caught me by surprise. But uh, but yeah, like she's saying here in the beginning that the horse is great cross country. So that's awesome. So put that to the side. Then when you're going cross country to stadium jumping, I think that's the hard part for the horse to be able to differentiate between a longer, flatter style of going where you are 
allowing the horse to gallop with a lot more power. Um, where in the stadium, the power really has to be contained more like the dressage. So, but it's not because the horse still has to clear the obstacle. So I would say without seeing a video that the horse is slightly, uh, concerned about approaching obstacles that could turn out to be as challenging physically for him or her on, as in the cross country course, but they're, you know, they're not because they're the stadium jumps, they come down. So the horse is showing some anxiety about that, but also really wanting to do the job. So the launching and the head shaking is an evasion of the aids taking over and I'm going to get over the hurdle. So in that way is actually a very good thing. Um, the trotting is super that builds the confidence and he knows he, she knows where they are. Um, I would personally with a horse like this, I would assess my bridling situation, not for obviously the show ring, you know, you can eventually get back into a, a snaffle, but sometimes when they throw the aids out the window entirely, you like, I'm not a fan of using all crazy tack and it's not the answer for everything in a situation like this. I think that that's very, um, appropriate. You can even start not on the horse's back. I like to do a lot of stuff on the, uh, with equipment on the lunge. Um, I love the Pessoa rig. It's a game changer and it does not lock the horses hard into the contact like a side rein does because it does move. They have an ability to move the length of the rig. So if they tuck their butt under them, all of a sudden they have more room in the front, you know, like they can communicate with the rig, with their body, whereas side reins, they're just locked in and they have to stay off of them. They have to stay behind. So I would, you know, for trot poles, if that's all you have, maybe you do a little bit of side reins. Um, but I would start getting to the point of doing some little cavaletti in a rig, uh, at the canner and let the horse get comfortable staying like that and making some mistakes that might not be very easy to stick with when you're on the back and just removing the rider from the equation entirely when you see that they are doing it comfortably, you know, you can't jump big in the rig, um, just little, little stuff, little cavity, even poles, you know, just to develop and then you can put it up. Then from there, you want to find something that is communicating with the horse's body and mouth and everything for the jumping. So in my experience, if you have a, what tends to be kind of a severe uh, training issue as this is it, it, it appears to be worse than it actually is. It's actually a good thing. And you could just be right around the corner from going away, but it does need to be handled a certain way. Um, I like the, the equipment that is maybe a little too strong, you know, like you're training, if you p decide to ride in a Micmar bridle or a, a mile or something with nose pressure, it may be, you may tell immediately, this is way too strong to actually go and jump a course or to, you don't ever see yourself in the show ring, but that's not what you're doing. Forget the show ring, forget the stadium jumping, forget the course. You're looking at trying to work on the behavior of cantering in a shape. The head can't come up like that. The shaking and all that is an evasion of the aids in the mouth. Uh, so I would go for me. I love the Micmar bits. Uh, I don't really show on them unless I have a really you know rude mouth baby that needs more. Um, and sometimes I will some of the older ones like them, but I love it for training because they just, you know, you stop that behavior. They can't really get away from it. And that's why the rig work is so good in the beginning, because if they do have a, they're, they're all to varying degrees of evasion. Some of them really do freak out. Um, and you don't want to be up there the first couple of times, let them figure it out themselves. And then you move on to equ equipment that works for you on the back, but nose pressure is really, really great. Um, the half halt, to be honest, she's saying the half halt goes out the window, the dressage, no collection, all this, those things will come. The first thing is that you have to keep the horse's head down and in the correct profile for jumping. So he's going to be rounder. So I would say nose pressure, a hack a bit, a miler, a Micmar, whatever, and don't tackle the whole course and don't, the distance is not a priority anymore. Um, 
the proper collection is not really the priority. Firstly, we've got to get in the right jumping profile. And then we start saying, okay, that's great. I'm jumping a single jump at a decent height back and forth. Now let me try to do it with a little more collection. You just make it a little bit harder wherever the horse can handle it. And before you know it, you're doing whole courses, but that is an anxiety um, issue. And so once you, unfortunately you can't help the anxiety address it unless you can kind of like control it or block it. And if you've lost the ability to, to block or control the animal in that scenario, you've got to find it. You've got to back it up and start over so that you can. And then th- those things generally just go away, and you're like, "Wow, I did not think I could get there from here." But it's same with all of them. You think, "Okay, I'm going to keep, you know, trying and trying and trying," but it's like you almost go way back to the beginning and just start over. And in three, four days, you've already cruised through all the different levels and. When they're comfortable, you know, physically, it sounds like it's not a physical problem because he's doing the cross country and the dressage. So it's, you know, a mental anxiety with the different relationships of jumps. Gymnastics are good, too, for these types because they can uh, have the confidence to leave the ground from different distances, which I think in the, I don't do cross country. But I think that's kind of basically the big difference is that they need to rock back and jump up and land shallow in the stadium. And they're not sure how to do that. So they're trying to launch. But that, that's what I would do. Start over, lunge, and then build it back up. Very good. Well, this is almost the opposite of that. One more question. What exercises can you do with a horse that is sticky off the ground? Canter is good, but he tries to set himself up, and then he hauls himself over the fence. Mm, yeah, that's a hard one. Um, Excuse me. It depends on the type of horse. If he is sticky because he's spooking at the jump, if he is sticky because he is not sure how to get over it. Or he's sticky um, because he wants to be in charge of how he gets over it. Yeah, yeah. that for sure. Um, and then the experience level of the horse. So like if I have ones like well, this. Doesn't this also come back to the experience level of the rider too? That too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's kind of the whole, this is a little bit of a tricky one. I think. For example, for my top jumpers, if I have something that's like jumping around big classes and it's eight, nine years old and I feel that, I'm like, okay, put a shadow roll on over the nose so that he can't see the last step there. So he just keeps going forward. That's for an older horse. For a, I, I've got a younger horse that does this. He does it out of a carefulness and he's very, very green and he just wants to leave the jumps up, but he does want to peek down at it, like off the ground. He like looks down and stutters and like he does it the very last second when his front feet should be coming off the floor. For that one, I... um. I put, excuse me, I put in a rubber, like, like no bridle, like just floppy rubber. And I'll put on some loose straw lines or nothing or just a running so that he doesn't have anything in the mouth holding him that it will, he'll have no pressure. And I've been training him out of it that way so that, okay, I don't maybe have enough steering and brakes around the course, but he for sure feels no pressure. Even if I lose my balance or something off the ground. Uh, and then from there it's gymnastics, you know, the canner, she says he has a nice canner. He needs to do bounces. He should do bounces to a line, to a jump, you know, all kind of different gymnastics. It doesn't really matter what they are as long as he's jumping and going somewhere, jumping and going somewhere. So it can be a one stride, a two stride, you know, all of it, change it all the time, but just a sequence, a series of jumps that he jumps into an exercise like a grid, you know, and he's stuck in there and he just has the flow. All right. Very good. Thank you, Emily. And thank you, everybody, for your questions. If you have any yeah. other questions, feel free to mail them to Glenn at HorseRadioNetwork.com for next month. Emily is here the first Tuesday of every month, brought to you by S Equestrian. Of course, give the S Equestrian website again. Yeah, you guys check it out. It's ECEEquestrianco.com. And uh, but good luck this week, Emily. We'll be in touch. And 
Keeping it, know. you know, if you need a place to go north, we're here. I know, yeah. I know, but you guys might get hit. Who knows? Yeah, we could be worse than you. Who knows? I know. <laughs> we might be coming I, to your house. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know. I'm just staying here and buying water and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> get some batteries, some yeah. water, you know, oh, maybe Lord. some power bars to get you through. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm going to be eating uh, the, uh, the equine elixir. That's right. <laughs> in my <laughs> second week there. I know. We're laughing, but, we, you know, obviously this is going to do a number on the islands the way it's going. So I know. And we were just they down in a couple of those islands. We were just down in Puerto Rico and St. Martin. St. Martin was still recovering from the hurricane they had 10 years ago. It's just uh, like, oh, it's so poor down there. So we wish everybody the best and uh, yeah, hope it just heads north and goes in the ocean to nowhere. Goes back out. Yeah. Totally, totally. Well, we'll keep watching. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. We appreciate you being with us, and we'll be back tomorrow here on Horses in the Morning. Go to horseinthemorning.com for links for all the today's guests or download our app. Uh, just go to the App Store, iOS, or Android and search for Horse Radio Network. It's one of 15 shows. We do have a jumping show <laughs> on the Horse Radio Network now. You can just head on over to, well, a couple of them. Heels Down Happy Hour kind of deals with that. And, of course, the Plaidcast is there every week for you talking about hunters and jumpers. We also have a new one called Plaidcast Junior. And that's uh, where where Piper gets together with junior riders. And it's really an instructional show. It's twice a month, and it goes over the hows and whys of everything you do in the hunter and jumper ring, and including braiding wow. and cleaning and uh, you know, just everything. And she actually has a successful junior riders join her to go over that. So that's called... That's awesome. Yeah, that's called Plaidcast Junior. Getting the little ones started out right. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, Em. All right, talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. See you all tomorrow morning.